Hey, it's Sherry. I am happy to announce that on August 1st, 2020, my latest novel is out. It's another comedy, fantasy, mystery, love story type novel. This one's set right before the pandemic hit. Well, because that's when I wrote it. And the main character is a down-on-his-luck tech entrepreneur who lost almost everything in a bad deal and a lawsuit and decides to reboot his life by opening up a computer repair shop for secret reasons of his own in a small Oregon seacoast town. There he is seduced by a mysterious young witch and, while on a walk along the ocean one morning, he sees something he knows is impossible. And yet, there it is. This leads him into a secret the town has been keeping since the 70s and throws everything he's ever believed about reality right out the window. The book is called No Such Thing as Mermaids and is available now on Amazon.com and soon at most other major online bookstores, both in print and ebook editions. You could also find links to it on my personal website, jerryjdavis.com. Thanks! Broadcasting from the past and into the future. This is the Green Hour with Dan and Jerry. Friends, Cherry here. This episode was recorded sometime around December 2nd, 2011. We're doing another retro episode because Dan is still not feeling well. Don't worry, he tested negative for the COVID thing. Uh, I haven't feeling good either, but for me it's just allergies. Anyway, we want to keep you entertained and this is a funny one from the past, so here you go. Hello and welcome, it's another edition of Slow Death in the Afternoon Podcast with me, Jerry, and my good friend, Dan. It's a rootin' tootin' ride through Absinthe Mountain. Yeehaw! I don't know where that came from. <laughs> oh, it sounded, it sounded good. Like, it sounded like a, wall, a Disney ride. Yeah. <laughs> which, which actually drinking absinthe can be at times. <laughs> really? Good lord. The absinthe horn. That. So uh, we had a little bit of an of an absinthe, a, absence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in New York for um, a week on company business, which mm-hmm. was wonderful. And you were moving. I was, and then and then I forgot to post the episode, <laughs> the last episode we did on the the main website uh, until the week after, and so. Oh, so those of you who spaced out, yeah, I was going to say for those of you who thought we were gone and then realized we weren't, we really were. Yeah. So we're back. We are back. So, so how was New York? You know what? Let's just jump right in and, um, all right. While you talk, I'm going to sip my absinthe. Okay. You, you sip your, uh, are you drinking a slow death or are you just drinking absinthe? I'm drinking, um, absinthe dude. Oh, very nice. Uh, Jerry is now Kubler. off of his uh, uh, his absinthe prohibition. He bought a bottle of Kubler, which is very exciting. Oh, man, I miss this stuff. 
now it is good, isn't it? All right. So there I was in New York, and my buddy Jeff, uh, who is um, my go-to person for all things uh, food and drink related, mm-hmm. um, and he's my boss too, which is nice, uh, decided uh, he was going to take myself and one of our other editors uh, out to dinner on Monday night. And so he sent me the menu well, first to the Oyster and Absinthe Bar called Le Maison. Oh, how cool. And, dude, seriously, anytime a bar has an absinthe menu that's longer than the uh, food menu, that's a good thing. Wow. Yeah, I was blown away by the selection. Uh, I mean, they had some of the some of the standard fare. I mean, they had Mansinth and they had Kubler and they had uh, a couple uh, different bottles of Jade and... You know, did they have did they have Lucid? I think they had Lucid on the menu. I will have to put the link uh, to the place on the site. I'll send that to you. But um, this little time here's what I love about New York. Number one, it's the the city just has this amazing vibe to it. Oh, I know. Yeah, like it's like you hit the street and you're just moving and you're shaking and it's like stuff is happening all around you and it's like I notice that people walk about twelve times faster than anywhere else in the world. Like, you get caught up in this um, whirlwind of movement mm-hmm. on the on the streets. And it's just crazy. I mean, it's... it's uh, see, I, I've thought about, like, would it be cool to live there? I don't know if I'd want to live there or whether I'm just kind of caught up in the romanticized idea of living there. No, it would be cool to live there. You think so? I think so. Yeah. See, I'm afraid that if I lived there, uh, two things would happen. One, I would uh, become an absentholic, since there are so many places that know how to do it proper. Um, and two, I would probably gain 300 pounds because the food and everything is so uh, off. Hey, the not if you're walking around so fast. Well, you, I guess so. even out. I guess maybe there's like some sort of uh, element would, of exercise. It would, it would totally even out because then you wouldn't need a car. Well, you know what? Actually, most of my friends who live in New York don't have a car. When when I lived in Berkeley and I worked in... No, I lived in Berkeley and had a girlfriend in San Francisco. I didn't need a car. The car was parked all the time. Yeah. That seems so weird to me. I mean, I guess living, you know, uh, in the uh, Pacific Standard Time Zone, mm-hmm. where a car is sort of a necessity, I mean, like in the Arizona area or when I lived in... Uh, Southern California. No, especially Southern California. Well, especially, yeah. It's like nobody walks in L.A. Uh, I think the uh, the uh, the group Missing Persons quoted that term. Yeah, yeah. They, they did a whole song about it. Yes. So, I mean, it's true. I mean, everybody has a car, and it's like the freeway is jam-packed every single day, and everybody likes, I guess, that independence of, um, yeah, of having, having your ride. I don't know. It's just a very strange... Uh, well, it's just a very strange thing. Um, didn't L.A. have like one of the best public transportation systems in the in the world? Well, and, at one and, time, and it got bought out by the oil companies and shut down. Uh, by the tire companies, I believe. Oh, was it the tire companies? Yeah, yeah. Had they bought it down and then, and then drove uh, huge uh, girders through all the openings of the uh, of the what they call them, the red line, red car, something like that. Huh. Yeah, so it's all online. You can read that. That was that was sort of uh, the uh, premise behind Roger Rabbit. Yeah, I was going to say I, I I learned that the the original seed of the knowledge came from Roger Rabbit. I know. 
How sad that we have to learn history through cartoons. It's that way now completely, I think. I know. Right. Here's a... Uh... Here's Porky Pig telling us about uh, uh, the tapeworm epidemic of 1911. The history of the world as told by the Simpsons. <laughs> I know. How sad would that be? Really? So anyway, New York was wonderful. Um, the only th- Here's my only complaint, and this seems so weird. This, uh, this absinthe bar didn't really have the um, proper lushing a- technique. of Like they didn't know how much water to add. It's like the first glass we got was almost undrinkable because they did about five parts water to one part absinthe. Hmm. And it was it was really watered down. It was really just kind of nasty. Hmm. And so we drank it. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, you know, we decided just to do that. And then the second round, I made sure to tell the uh, guy, I said, look, the first one was way too watered down. Give me a shot of absinthe and two parts water. I said, mm-hmm. in fact, make it one and a half parts water and I'll add more if it needs it. And so he did, and it was perfect. It was like, uh, it was like exactly how absinthe should be drunk. And uh, the couple that I had, I had um, this brand called Delaware Phoenix, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, was made, I believe, in well Delaware, and it was called uh, Meadow of Love. <laughs> I like the title. That was the name of yeah. That was the title of the absinthe, and it did. It had like a kind of a a floral thing going on. And it was really, dude, I'm going to get myself a bottle because that was uh, such an amazing uh, absinthe to drink. It was it was floral, but it wasn't overly sweet and it wasn't um, it wasn't bitter at all. It was like it was a very, very tasty absinthe. So I give that uh, five spoons up for sure. Five spoons up. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to give that one. Well, there's a there's a new absinthe at my local Binnie's. Uh, the literally next door binnies and it's called libertine yeah I, i'd never seen it before in i've only seen it online mm-hmm. do, do you is it any good i've had it it's i would put that in the same class as well maybe a little bit higher than like a perno mm-hmm. or something like that I mean, it was okay. Uh, I'm not. I'm not dissing on it by any means, but it was. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was just. It was just okay. It's apparently French, mm-hmm. and it's. Um, it's got a really high thujone level. Right. How much are they selling it for a bottle? Uh, fifty nine. Fifty nine bucks. It's like seven fifty liter. Or yeah. So so it's the same price as as the um, View Pantelier. Oh and yeah. And the. Um, and the Mansynth, right? And uh, oh, a couple of the other ones, but oddly enough, the um, the Pernod was like seventy nine dollars. What? Yeah, it's like it was the premium one. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, the Pernod's not the premium one, and they didn't have Le Clandestine at all. And really? I complained about it, and so um, I want to shout out to Alan our friend at uh, clandestine and I tell him that I am campaigning for the return of, of his, his absinthe here in the Chicago area. Wow. That seems so odd that they did not, uh, that they did not have that there. Well, and I went for the Kubler because, well, it's, it's only $44 and you get a, you get a full court. Yes. It's, It's not the best, but it's, I'll tell you what, it tastes pretty good right now. Yeah. Well, after not having any for a long time. Let me tell you, my friend, uh, 
absinthe will get you through the times of no money better than money will get you through the times of no absinthe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I stole that from the uh, fabulous furry freak brothers. The, what? But, oh, yeah. oh, but they weren't talking about absinthe. No, they were talking about pot, but, yeah, okay. but I thought I'd just, I thought I'd mix it up a little bit and throw the absinthe reference in there. I remember the fabulous furry freak brothers and Freddy, Freddy's cat. Fat, fat, fat Freddy's, Freddy's cat. cat. Yeah. Those were great. I, you know what? I am so surprised being that Hollywood has not, um, done its job as far as original scripts of late. I am surprised they haven't, uh, tried rifling through the underground comics bin for some new material to do, um, films on. Well, I was all excited the other day because I, I saw this commercial for a new Cheech and Chong movie. What? And and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And it's like they're two really old hippies and they're going to what it was supposedly Burning Man, but it's they were calling it Flaming Pole. <laughs> and they get there and they're talking about these magic brownies and apparently someone steals a van full of magic brownies. They have to get it back and everything. And at the end, it turns out that the magic in the brownies was some sort of fiber thing. And it was a commercial. It was a fucking commercial. What? So pissed off. They it, sucked you in to a commercial? They totally sucked me in. I thought it was going to be a new Cheech and Chong movie, and it wasn't. It was. It had Cheech and Chong in it, and it was set up like a new movie. It was like a trailer to a new movie. Right. And at the very end, it was like, a, I don't know, it was a Metamucil or something. Wow. I have <laughs> never <laughs> seen that. If you find that on YouTube, post that, because yeah, I would I really will. like it was, it's on. It's on YouTube. That's, that is, you know what? I have to say this. That is probably one of the most clever marketing schemes I've ever heard. Oh, let me, let me see. I bet I could Google it right now. All right. New Cheech. Wow. Chunk. Yeah, there it is right there. Commercial. Oh. Pops right up. General Mills reunites Cheech and Chong to sell magic brownies. That's brilliant. I, here's my thing. How could you have even got that past the first stage of uh, presentation at oh, the ad agency? Oh, they're actually selling brownies. General Mills is selling high fiber chocolate brownies, and they used it. They used Cheech and Chong. That's brilliant. <laughs> well, it kind of backfired because I was pissed off, and I'm definitely not buying them. <laughs> You're mad at the magic brownies. I'm mad at them for making me think there was a new Cheech and Chong movie, and there isn't. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Another movie they're remaking, and I don't understand why, is Real oh. Genius. What? Yeah. I thought you were going to say Bill and Ted's, because they're remaking that, too. <sighs> Jesus Christ, Hollywood. I know. Don't you think that by now, someone would figure out that the the age of remakes and reboots and everything is over it's like oh my gosh well it worked with star trek but but that's a franchise right right but it's it's like they they saw that and they they're all like oh we could do that with everything no come up with something new well they've been doing this now for um 20 years isn't it yeah i mean honestly it's um no i mean they're even they're even bringing back ghostbusters right what they're bringing back. There's going to be a Ghostbusters uh, three. Yeah, with, with the same 3? cast, or they're just well, rebooting it. Uh, I think it's well. They're um, bringing back Harold Ramis, uh, Bill Murray, and Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie Hudson. So the only uh, well, I guess yeah, that would be the full cast. 
<laughs> Ghostbusters in space. <laughs> I know, dude. Seriously. You know Jump when you shark. go to space, you've killed the, the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, also, um, speaking of movies, mm-hmm. oh my god. It's they're they're doing another Popeye movie. <laughs> well that's what that was uh um that was when we were in college. Um, oh, oh Mork, what's his name? Oh, Rob, Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. That was his like first movie. And Shelley, uh, Shelley Duvall. Yeah, I actually liked it. If you go back and watch, I mean, it was awful. But you go back and you look at it with nostalgia. Sure, it's it's fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah, I, it was fun. The musical parts, like I about want to kill myself, but yeah, um, it wasn't that bad. Was not that bad. Have you been following the? Uh, Occupy Wall Street stuff. You know what? Yes, I, I, I got, have. I got a tweet last night from I, I don't know who, and it was like uh, the police are are evicting uh, them from what is it Zuccotti Park, and yeah. uh, uh, it said here's here's a link to the live feed and please retweet. And so I went okay, I'll retweet, and then I clicked the link, and then get completely sucked into some live stream from some guy's telephone. <laughs> And and it was like it was really interesting because you were you were you were there. And this isn't a TV station broadcasting this. Right. This is a guy holding his his iPhone up, really sending it through UStream or something. And it was mesmerizing, and like a huge amount of people were watching it to the point, well, where apparently the government told UStream to close it. Really? Them off. And then, Why? And what was so? What was so offensive? Because they didn't want people seeing it. Wow. And so um, it's it's getting scary. It's getting very sixties, you know, protesters against Nixon type stuff. Wow. And and so um, they start tweeting out, uh, everybody come come down. They're going to raid us. We need to. And so like all these people from all over New York are trying to converge, and they can't because they they've shut down the Brooklyn Bridge. They've closed the subways. They were keeping people from coming there. But see, how can they do that? I, I was is I was that there. not a police state action or not? But I was there, and there were only the only time I noticed a delay in the train uh-huh. was at two thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. That was the only time I saw any kind of subway action or heard anything going. Well, I know that they didn't put me. They were going to put me up at the uh, uh, the W, which is down in that district, and they yeah. decided not to just because of all the stuff that was going on. But uh, I didn't hear of any like they didn't shut down the Brooklyn Bridge any time while I was there. Well, I mean, this they were they did that because they didn't want anybody coming in because they're about to raid that park. And when was that? Uh, about one in the morning, two about two in the morning their time. When? Last night. Oh, last this, night. This oh, oh, oh! I thought you meant like last week. No, oh, no, no. This this kept me up last night. Wow. Like starting to fall asleep, and I got sucked into this, and I was laying in bed watching it on my iPad, right? Yeah. And and it was like being there. Now, <laughs> where amazing. did he have his? How did he have his iPhone set up to where he was getting uh, live feed without his battery dying? You just, um, you just, I suppose it would die rather quickly. You, you got about 45 minutes. Right. So what, does he just plug into a wall? I mean, but if well, there's, there's something to plug into out there, so right. I don't know. But maybe he had one of those battery backup things. Oh, that's, no, that's those possible. Those dongle yeah. things. But here's another interesting one, and this is reported by none other than Will Wheaton. 
Oh. Uh, Citibank, people were coming into Citibank to close their accounts as a protest. But these are customers, and they're coming into the bank to close their accounts. Right. Citibank locked them in, called the police, had them arrested. For closing their accounts? For closing their accounts. Really? That's what it says. And there's, See, a, there's a video. There's a video out on YouTube. Now, how can... They can't... But that's not... They... <laughs> but that's you know, not legal. It's, it's... The, the people who they're protesting against, the people in power, the 1% or 2% or whatever... Right. They're running scared. They're starting to do all sorts of really unbelievable things. Well, but how can you, but, I mean, I know you don't know the answer, but I'm just going to say this. How can you, as a business, stop someone from closing an account? I mean, how can you? <laughs> you, you, you close the doors, you lock them in, you call the police, tell them that they're protesters, and have them arrested. That's how you do it. But this is going to totally backfire on them. So now everybody's, you know, signaling out. Everybody pull all your money out of a Citibank. Wow. So <laughs> this is, I mean, you know, if that's not a sign that this protest action that's going on is actually having an effect, I don't know what is. I know. We, we talked about this uh, several weeks ago, didn't we? About... Oh. Uh, uh, about them being focused and, and all that. Well, apparently well, now they're starting to hit them where the money is. Wow. And it's uh, <laughs> it's having an effect. That's pretty amazing. Baratunde Thurston is also on the beat here. And he's he was talking about, oh, apparently he was out there. They were positioning a, an acoustic wes- a weapon called the LRAD. Uh the subway stops were closed. The Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bridge was <laughs> more absence. Brooklyn Bridge was closed. <laughs> Police were in riot gear. Of course, I could see that. Right. Anyway, that's. <laughs> I'm not out there right now, so <laughs> wow, <laughs> so dude, I that's, can't say anything. <laughs> that's crazy. But that's just insane. It's kind of exciting. That, and then meanwhile in Canada, in Canada, there's a picture of, you know, there's an Occupy something in, where is this? Occupy Canada. Right. And so the protesters, they, the, the police put them behind a barrier but to at least keep them out of the street. But then they're squirting squirt guns at each other and laughing. <laughs> wow. And then, then one of the comments on that is like, yeah, we live here. It's called Canada. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, I think that Canada, doesn't it? I think this protest uh, made it all the way to the airlines because as, as I was flying home uh-huh. on JetBlue Airline, I went up to go to the restroom and there was a sign on there that said occupied. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. A little bit of political humor. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> we, we don't have to talk about this anymore. No, but that was. Uh, but I think that's amazing, and I think it it harkens back to what we were talking about: is when you start hitting uh, uh, people or organizations or organizations, companies, yeah, corporations in in the belt, which in this case is their wallet, yeah, or their bottom line for their shareholders. Yeah, you you can actually make a difference. This is this is. What the Boston Tea Party 
yeah accomplished back in the day but i mean just amp it up to what we are experiencing now and it's it's the same thing very interesting times we're in and i mean that in the uh chinese uh, way of saying it (laughs) yes we live may you live in interesting times and here we are yeah no kidding good lord speaking of interesting did you see the photos that um that pat was sending me so i posted them to the slow death uh, um Facebook site. Can I just say I love black and white and WTF. Yeah. There's a whole site. I don't know if those came from there, but if they didn't, they should. I know. Um, it, those are those are the greatest photos ever. They're very creepy, and you honestly, it's like when you look at it, you go, "What the hell were they thinking <laughs> when they took what that were picture? They doing? What were they like?" Like the two guys with the with the alien. Yeah, the little white alien, the kid. He was like, and you know, this is. That had been taken around 1900. Why is he dressed as an alien with antenna? Is he supposed I, to be a bug? I, or, or is it an knows? actual alien? Who knows? Maybe it could have been. This is where uh, the Weekly World News probably got their information from. And I, and I love that uh, that uh, circus picture with the little guy uh, sitting on the clown's lap. and then the Oh, whole my whole gosh. Thing. That is the creepiest picture yeah. ever. So, folks, this is out on our... Our Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash slow.death.podcast. I decided, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, we've, we've also got a uh, a uh, Google Plus page. Oh. And I'm going to post all these things, these links that I talk about. I'm going to post them up there instead of our website. You can listen to our thing, our show on the website. But if you want to see all the stuff we're talking about, you could find them on, on both these um, Facebook and uh, Google Plus pages. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to do that because that's where all the people are. So, right. Put, put it where it's going to be seen. As a quick aside from the year 2020, remember Google Plus? Wow. So then, uh, getting yeah. back to getting back to the uh, the New York conversation, uh, I went to a great little bar, and I don't even know what town it was in. I I get so mixed up on this whole borough and. Oh, I know. Uh, city things like I don't know what a burrow is, other than uh, I used to ride one as a kid at the petting zoo. <laughs> um, but uh, this place called Employees Only or EO, great little bar. Now, dude, th- mind you, this was a um, Wednesday night at ten o'clock in the evening. Uh huh. Regular little bar, very thin building. Well, in between other buildings, but uh, jam packed with people on a on a school night. Oh, cool. I just don't understand. I, I mean, it seems like this city really is kind of Las Vegas without the slot machines. It really never sleeps. It's like people are going and going. I mean, we were coming home from dinner at like 1231 in the morning on a, on a work night, and people are walking around. You know, cabs are going all over the place. People are going in and out of restaurants. Bars are popping, and people are going crazy. It's like, do these people like work for a living, or how do, how do you manage that? I don't understand. No, oh, they they work all day, then they walk around all night. Man, I guess so. That's where all their money goes. Yeah, seriously, occupy bars. Occupy. <laughs> I think is what they need to do. Occupy but, uh, Bourbon Street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, it was amazing. And uh, oh, uh, I had a glass of uh, of Kubler at uh, employees only, and they knew how to fix it proper. Oh, okay. They had just the right amount of water, and it was great. So if you're ever in New York, uh, dear listener. Um, go to uh, employees only or Les Maisons. 
this portion was brought to you by Les Maisons. <laughs> Les Maisons. <laughs> I am Les Maisons. <laughs> and I approve this message. <laughs> That's right. So tell me about your new place, man. It's like uh, I'm very excited for you to be all moved in. Are you going to post some pictures of uh, your new digs? Yeah, I guess I could. Um, it's uh, it's kind of funny because I don't really have a whole lot of furniture. So um, Do you have like the old plastic milk crate thing on the floor? Or? Almost, almost. I've got ah. plastic folding tables out on in the front room uh, with side-by-side computers, one for me, one for my daughter. And it's basically, it looks like an office. And across from that is a fireplace. And the fireplace is interesting because apparently you can't use it. Um, what? I, I lit a fire in it and the smoke came pouring out and I adjusted the vent, you know, the flue. Yeah. And, and if I had it wide open, air rushes down the flue and blows everything out. And it filled the, the whole place with smoke, set off the smoke alarms. And so I, I open the doors and windows to clear the smoke out. And then suddenly everything's going up the chimney. So apparently the chimney only oh, works you if have the to, windows you have and bend doors are open. Window. Wow. Which makes no sense because then you're letting all the cold air in that you're trying to warm up. Well, wait a minute. Does it have to be all the windows and doors? Or can you like crack the bathroom window open a little bit just to create the, the flow of air? There, there is no, there's no bathroom window. It's, it has to be either one of the bedrooms or... But but the thing is, I also noticed you also have to have the front door open into the hallway. And this is these are apartments that open into the middle in a hallway. It, it's almost like living in a hotel. Right. So they're not outward facing, they're inward facing. Wow. And anyway, we're up on the eighth floor, um, top floor corner a penthouse. And um, other than the fact that you can't really have a fire. It's, it's very nice, but I I've contacted them and they promise they're going to fix it somehow. I'm, I'm hoping they do something like put glass up against the, you know, you know, they have those fireplaces with the glass up there. Oh, right. Right. And that, that might do it and force yeah. the air to go up instead of out. But well, I would hope that they would do it before summer. Well, I would hope they do it before it gets really cold. <laughs> yes. Well, that's what I meant. Like, uh, if they do it tomorrow instead of like, uh, in the middle of July. Yeah. Well, it's good. I've got a really nice kitchen and, um, which is kind of wasted on us because we cook with the microwave mainly. And, uh, but it's nice to actually have a dishwasher again and, and all the amenities. And, uh, Oh, I posted, there's actually a picture of the new oven cause I made a Facebook page for the new oven. Oh, right. Yes. Because it's, it's now at war with the old oven. <laughs> I know. I, I saw some of the posts. It's, it's I, starting to get ugly. I know it's, it's awfully silly and childish. I just thought it'd be funny at, oh. the, at the time I did it. I was giggling like a kid and no, I wasn't drinking, but now I look back at it and think, Oh, it's kind of dumb. But as you know, my friend, you and I are both silly and childish. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it works out well. Speaking of silly and childish, dude, uh, hello, a week from this Thursday is uh, Black uh, or Thanksgiving. <laughs> Black Thanksgiving? Black Thanksgiving, well. As I, opposed to the Thanksgiving for the rest of the people. Well, for me, it's uh, it's the two busiest uh, shopping days of the year, so I'm going to be I'm gonna be doing back-to-back 12-hour uh, shifts. And on, I'm uh, going to be hiding. Yes. <laughs> I do all my Black Friday shopping online. Hey, can you hold on for one second? Yes.
but uh, before we were so rudely interrupted, what were we discussing? I don't... Fireplaces? Your oven? The oven. Um, I have something more interesting. What do you got? Did, did you see that I posted a Shakespearean insult kit on Facebook? I did. I have not had a chance to uh, play with uh, ye old uh, insult kit, but well, let me let me insult you a couple times, please. please. I, I have it up in front of me, ladies and gentlemen. It's three columns. Pick one from each column, and then put a thou in front of it. Oh. Thou body bat fouling barnacle. <laughs> thou bootless boil brained boar pig. Boar pig. <laughs> Thou reeky plume-plucked miscreant. Wow. <laughs> okay, these aren't that funny. Uh, pribbling ill-nurtured maggot pie. That's pretty good. <laughs> you know who, who that sounds Spoony like? Spoony rough-hewn pigeon egg. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like uh, Dr. Smith from the old uh, Lost in Space series. Did he, did he do Shakespearean insults like that? Uh, he was a classically trained Shakespearean actor, but he would do like whenever uh, he was sort of he and the robot were sort of the Laurel and Hardy of the show. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. He's, he was like, no, he'd no. say, you bellowing pipsqueak ninny nincompoop, <laughs> you droning dog hearted minnow measle malwart. Exactly. That's exactly what Loonster. <laughs> Loonster. You babbering, tickle-brained vassal. Vassal slaffer, slaffer. <laughs> Maltworm. Moldwarp. Wasn't that a character from Harry Potter? <laughs> was it? I think it was in the last Harry Potter, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, droning, ill-nurtured bloodster. <laughs> All right, so here's my question to you. Okay. What is going to be the next big thing? Like movie wise, it's not. Uh, Twilight's. Uh, we're not counting Twilight because that's. <sighs> well, I, I can tell you the one I want to see really bad. In fact, I'm probably going to rent it tonight. Oh, what's that? <laughs> but it's, it's called Melancholia. Melancholia. Yeah, and it's uh, it's 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 released as an. It's kind of an art film from an art film director. Right. But it's got um, John Hurt, and. Oh, that that really cute actress from um, from Spider Man and oh Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst. Apparently, she gives the she gives the the performance of her life and is quite quite nude. What? And yeah, and wow. um, oh, several other ones. So there's like big names in this, but the premise is, and it's very interesting. Of course, you're you're going to see why I'm into it. Okay, is um astronomers notice there's a new planet and they're like, Oh wow, a new planet. And they name it. Uh, and who knows why? Cause I haven't seen it yet. They call it, um, um, melancholia. Mm. Well, um, then they notice that it's drifting toward earth and it's oh. a rather big planet. <laughs> like it could just crash right into us. And no yeah. And so then, then they're like, Oh, um, wow. Look, it's going to come really close. <laughs> And then they realize, oh, it's going to hit us and we're all going to die and there's no way to stop it. <laughs> and so that's about where the, uh, where, the, where the story starts. Everybody has come to grips with the fact that everything on Earth is about to be destroyed. 
Right. And so this uh, girl with deep, deep depression, which is Kirsten Dunst, has decided that, well, I'm going to get married because I want to be married before I die. And so oh. they throw this big wedding and everything. And apparently the whole first half of it is this chaotic, weird wedding where it's not really a happy occasion. And she's going through these dismal depression and everything. And then the end is, well, of course, the other planet comes down and destroys the Earth. But it's supposed to be the most mesmerizing movie, especially the special effects and everything. And, it, and like it's like really haunting. And really? it's also one of those ones that you either absolutely love or you totally despise it. Wow. Nobody's in the middle with this one. Yeah. So I really want to see it, but here's the, here's the really interesting thing. It was released on iTunes and pay-per-view before it was released in theaters. You know what, my friend, they are doing more and more of that. Yeah. So it was released in theaters yesterday, but apparently it's been on iTunes since mid October. Okay. Is it still on iTunes? Yeah, yeah, before? yeah. But uh, but before it got released, the price was like nine ninety nine to rent it, and that's kind of high for iTunes. But think about it: your whole family could watch this movie that's not even in theaters yet for just that price. Then it released in theaters, but only in Magnolia art houses and stuff. Sure. And then the price dropped down to six ninety nine, and I suppose after after it gets out of the theaters, it'll drop down to normal three ninety nine or whatever. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pay the six ninety nine and watch it. Yeah, what the heck? I mean, that's that's less than you pay for a movie ticket. I know, and so I'm, and you I, can pause I'm, it. I, yeah, and I'm all into end of the world stuff. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> just... I like it too. You know, I don't know why that is. Um, there seems to be a uh, at least of late, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, are there not a bunch of, over the last, like, say, 10 or 15 years, uh, a higher rate of, like, end of the world, like zombies and I, I uh, diseases? Think, and, yeah, I think so. I think you're right. But I wonder I'm, I'm why wonder, that is. I wonder if it's actually only because of CGI and the fact that they could finally do these things they've always wanted to do. Because yeah, it's like always it. been popular. Right. In fact, the book I'm reading right now is it's a great book and it's it's considered a classic. It's by Neville Shute. It was called On the Beach and it was written back in the 50s. And in the book, it takes place in 1961, which was the future <laughs> to the audience back then. And there had been this horrific nuclear war and everybody's dead except for the people in the Southern Hemisphere. So the whole thing takes place in Australia. And this this cloud of high uh, radiation is coming slowly closer and closer to them. So they all know they're going to die. Right. And that's what the book is about. And it is a brilliant book. It's just like people waiting to die. Wow. But you never read such a mesmerizing book. And and this is, this was back in the fifties. Interesting. That, that was written. I, I, I have to, I actually, I, I, I read that a long time ago and it's always been like the book that stuck in my mind as the most vivid thing I've ever read. Right. And so I've been asked to do a book review, uh, a guest review on a, on a publication and they want to know what I want to do. And I said, I, I want to do this one. Have you guys done this one? They said, no. And so someone gave me a gift certificate on, on Amazon and I bought it for my Kindle. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. So, so now I'm, I'm rereading this old classic and it is really holding up. 
Wow. I'm surprised no one's done a movie about it. Oh, there there was a there was a movie. Oh. There was a movie and I think it was done in the fifties and it was Where like, where have I been? It's it's an old black and white, in fact. Wow. Sounds kinda like a um like a Twilight Zone episode. It does. You remember Twilight Zone was full of end of the world stuff too. Yeah, that is true too. You know, I guess that's probably um only fitting. I mean, you know, with so much war and uncertainty and economic instability and all that, I think into the world stuff is is in some way kind of a um, kind of an escape from what's going on in real life. I think so. I remember well, you know, when the the big boon in fantasy was was right after nine eleven. Yes, you're absolutely. And everybody right. was like, I don't want to deal with reality anymore. Let's watch Lord of the Rings. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. No, that's <laughs> true. There's monsters to defeat, you know, and we don't have to pay attention to this horror stuff. We'll just make up this stuff that we know is fake. You know, somewhere on my Facebook page, my friend Brad, uh, not not the Brad we know, but uh-huh. uh, another Brad, posted this. Um, not the logger-headed, half-witted hedge pig. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not the puny milk livered. Where's one I haven't done yet? Yes, <laughs> puttick. 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 No, that would not be the one. Okay. <laughs> but he uh, posted this uh, this chart uh-huh. that showed uh, the rise and decline of uh, zombie based films in correlation with where the world was uh, at war. That's brilliant. And it. It actually is very interesting how it follows a curve. It follows a curve. Mm-hmm. It's like if when we are in either um, unstable times like world peace and things like that, I mean, it's just zombie movies spike exponentially. Hmm. So I'm not sure the reason, um, but zombies are the new vampires. Yes, yes, they are, and I'm I'm hoping somebody can come out with a, um, a zombie film. I mean, they've got The Walking Dead, which is great. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a really good TV show, but but uh, there really hasn't been a zombie film that focuses. Well, let me let me re rephrase that. There has been zombie films that focus on the zombies as like being people. Oh yeah, but it, ha- but it hasn't been done uh, well, with the exception of Fido, which was a great film. Oh no, there was another one. Gosh, what was it? it had Joe Pesci? No, not Joe Pesci. Um, Joe Piscopo and William Treat, and they were cops, um, and one of them became a zombie. What? Dead Heat. Dead Heat. Interesting. I don't remember seeing that. I remember the name, but I didn't think he. I thought he was a vampire. No, no, no. He's, he his his friend was killed and then was resurrected, but. Somehow still remained a, a good guy, and so he was a zombie cop. Oh, interesting. It was a good movie. It was silly, wow. but it was. And it was right when Joe Piscopo became super pumped. Right. And right before he lost interest in doing anything but weightlifting. Right. <laughs> so right, I think it was right. like one of the last things he ever did, as far as I know. Yeah. Which means he fell off the radar. So. Now, speaking of. Uh... Weedy uncouth snouted canker blossom <laughs> a canker blossom yeah isn't that a band should be a canker blossom oh my god here's a good one saucy common kissing clot pole 
Clot Pole, P U L L? P O L E. Oh, P O L E. Pole. Ooh. Pole. A dankish, ill nurtured coxcomb. <laughs> wow. I've been called a lot of things. Errant, dread bolted death token. Oh, I like that. Death token. Goatish, fly bitten codpiece. <laughs> codpiece all by itself is such a great term. <laughs> How about a flax wench? I think I had that for breakfast. <laughs> Saucy, reeling, ripe nut hook. <laughs> nut hook? Nut hook. Wow. Droning, dog-eared nut hook. Oh, hey, uh, speaking of, I don't even know how I got. I, I don't know how I got from nut hook to this, but <laughs> okay. I, I was actually asked by someone in New York uh, when I was going to get the Captain Lead tape digitized. <laughs> we'll get it digitized, dude. I know this this uh, this uh, f- a friend of ours. Her name's Nicole. Uh-huh. A lovely, lovely young woman um, is a really big fan of Mr. Beeflo. In fact, she was like apparently blasting it at the office. Oh, that's awesome! And caused quite a stir and turned uh, a whole bunch of people on to uh, Captain Lead and the Letdowns. The, this this um, explains the surge in popularity of the Captain Lead and Letdown Facebook page. It probably did. I think I think we jumped what four? Uh, yeah, four or five. Four or five. So there you go. What was that? Ninety percent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're on our way <laughs> to the topper dose of the popper most. Those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, and that's probably most of you, Captain Lead and the Letdowns was our punk rock band back in the day, and um, the uh, the album that he was talking about is actually out there and available on Spotify. Check it out. Yeah, so I got to get that. I've just got to get it done. It's so well. I mean, it's kind of difficult when you don't have a car <laughs> to go traveling and. Oh, get it done, you pribbling elf skin. Bugbear. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jerry is going to set up a 1-800 number where you can call in and uh, have a custom insult <laughs> really created for you. Oh, I'll insult uh, you live. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's only 95 cents a call. Yeasty, so, uh, earth-vexing Apple John. <laughs> Apple what does that John? mean? What the hell? I don't know. Here's one. Scathamate? What's a scathamate? Skeins, skeins mate. Skeins mate? I know uh, strump it is. Is that what happens when you make the last move when you're playing skeins? Yeah, that must be it. I don't know. I just, you warp tickle brain strumpet? Yeah, strumpet. That's 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 old oldie. Swag oldie. bellied varlet? <laughs> varlet? Saucy puddle deep wagtail? Drop your guns there, varmint. <laughs> you log-headed, jarring gore flock. <laughs> what? Folly fallen? Folly fallen f- git giglet? What's a giglet? Uh, that's, <laughs> Are these uh, real words? That's Piglet's girlfriend in Winnie the <laughs> Giglets. <laughs> he kicked me right in the giglets. <laughs> it had... Anyway, oh, moving on, moving on. See, I think you should record a bunch of these, and that could be like our insult soundboard. <laughs> Just, they, they play randomly. Jerry's insults. I think you should add that to your uh, writer camp page. <laughs> Jerry's insults. I don't like insulting people. 
That's well, you're not problem. insulting people. You're just making insults, and they just hit them, and there you go. <laughs> uh, that could be, dude. That could be your app. That could be the app that you make for uh, the iPhone, Jerry. Yeah. Jerry's insult, insultomatic. <laughs> in, ye old insultomatic. Oh, an insultomatic camera. You take a picture of someone, it automatically puts an insult at the bottom of the picture. There you go. How hard would that be? How hard would that be to make? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't have the says, time. I'll give I that know. to the public. I'm. A, we we can't give it to the public. Give it to our listeners. Well, I guess we just did. But dear listeners, you you yes. can do it. It's all yours. See, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we need to create an app. But I don't know. It gives what, us more time in the day. Oh, would that not be beautiful? Click a button, eight more hours. Well, uh, that might be good in some ways. I imagine you could sleep in and then still get to work early. <laughs> yes. The nights last 16 hours long. <laughs> why Why is Dan and Jerry aging so quickly? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> why Why is their skin uh, becoming surgically adhered to the bed sheets? <laughs> we don't know. All we know is they're spending... 27 hours in bed. Well, not us together. <laughs> oh, you just let the cat out of the bag, I, man. <laughs> well, what we do after after podcast is our business. Yeah, so nobody's business is ours. Right. What, what cats we choose to let out of what bag is our business. <laughs> Meow. That's what I say, Senator. Oh, my God. <sighs> Cheech and Chong. Make a movie, yeah, and not one with fiber one brownies. I know that's pretty brilliant, though. I do have to say, welcome to Flaming Pole. <laughs> I wonder who wrote it. Now, did you ever see the um, the Rob Zombie Woolite commercial? No, that's all. dude. <laughs> Google Rob Zombie Woolite. All right, it's freaking amazing. Whoa, I spilled my absinthe. And I can't even imagine, once again, I can't even imagine how that got past the first level of uh, <laughs> of the meeting. Like, okay, here's what we're thinking, Woolite people, and you know these people have got to be in their, like, 60s or whatever. This, there this it is. <laughs> Watch it, it's amazing. Maybe I have seen this. Oh, I have seen this. It's a zombie commercial. Wasn't there a whole ser- uh, um, um, uh, series of these? No, this this is Rob Zombie's Woolite commercial that oh, was actually okay. done for his done for Woolite. Yeah, I just thought there was a whole series of Woolite commercials that he did. Uh, I don't know. Pretty brilliant though. Wow, Rod Zombie's got a pretty wife. Oh yeah, she's beautiful. Sherry Zombie. Sherry Zombie. Yeah. She looks like a party monster too. I'm sure she probably uh, has. Uh, been kissed a couple times. <laughs> she turns and goes, "Hi, honey." <laughs> uh, okay, I'll post that too. Rob Zombie and Ozzy Osbourne made a made a video. I don't know. Oh, it looks awesome! What is the name of uh, said video? <laughs> Ironhead. Wow. Okay, actually, it's 
rather underwhelming. Oh. That bit of uh, Ozzy Osbourne was brought to you by YouTube. So, should we end the show now? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I think we've got to run out of uh, run out of stuff. I thought we were going to go till uh, till the cows came home, but apparently uh, the cows have already <laughs> the entered cows, the building. The cows have entered the building. Um, I, you know, I, obviously, as normal, I over the course of the last week and a half had a zillion things that would have been brilliant to put on this show, and I don't remember. Hardly any of them, and no, we've already used the ones I've remembered. You know, as is as is our way. <laughs> but in the magic of editing, I'm yeah, sure. Really, yeah. I'm sure that if this it, will. If it uh, weren't for editing, the, oh, well, I, I want to ask the the, the our, our faithful listeners. So, uh, what did yes. what did you guys think of the unedited one that we released? Was it was oh, it okay? Yeah. You know what? Uh, we didn't really get a lot of feedback, so I'm hoping no, that's we didn't. So I'm, I'm wondering if it really sucked, and they were just too nice to say anything. Oh, I'm sure our listeners uh, will hide behind the veil of anonymity. <laughs> I'm sure, and let us know something. Kind to us, um, and for that, I thank you because we are thin-skinned and uh, yeah. and very and we're delicate flowers. Easily. We're we are very delicate flowers. Yes, here at Slow Death. <laughs> Slow Death in the Flower Podcast. Slow Death in the Flower Podcast. My flower died slowly yeah. on the podcast. Good lord. <laughs> well, so do you got any shout outs you'd like to do, Jerry? Oh, actually, I should. Uh, it should be very easy to come up with some shout outs because yeah, I I don't think anyone shouted at us. <laughs> I would like to shout out to Adobe whose software just made my browser say the following plugin has crashed, Shockwave. <laughs> Thank wow. you, Adobe, for your, your... I'm so glad that they're closing the... the... Did you hear about that? What's that? Uh, Adobe has uh, closed their, their portable Flash division and decided not to make it. What? But yeah, they've decided. Oh, okay. HTML5 is actually better. We're good. Wow, that's the end of an era, my friend. Um, they're still making Flash for desktop computers, but sure. But everything's going mobile, and this is like a you know a big admission of oh, we give up. Uh, there's other things that they can do. Their Photoshop is still selling well, so whatever. Right. Um, 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 also, um, Apple. This is going to be old news to most people who have who's who listen to this, but um, they released that iTunes Match finally, and I I uh, bought the subscription, and of course I'm an you know iPod, iTunes, iPhone, iPad user, and it uploaded all my my songs and everything, and then I go to download some on my iPhone, and it like crashed it hard and it locked up, and now it doesn't wow. work. Thank you very much, Apple. Wow, there you go. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fixed. But for the most part, I don't have a phone at the moment. Oh, sorry to hear. Maybe it's time to upgrade to the uh, 4S. I, I plan on it as soon as I get my next windfall. All right. Uh, let's see. So let me get to our pages. Out on on our Google Plus page, we uh, have um, nothing. Because <laughs> I only posted a couple things. Oh. But but one thing I did post out there is a link to the Booze Fairies Absinthe Fairy, my friend Melanie's Etsy store. 
Yes. Valeriant Arts, I think she calls it. Yes. And so if you want a handmade absinthe fairy plushie, it's only $40, but bear in mind it's handmade. So there's yes. going to be a whole lot of them out there and they're really well done. Put, put your order in soon because otherwise she's going to be so overwhelmed. She won't be able to get it done before Christmas because she has to build these things. So go right. out there and, and order until you bleed. <laughs> so there's wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm but, good at pushing other people's stuff, but not my own. Why is that? No, I don't know. You're very humble. Um, out on slow <laughs> Facebook page. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, someone had posted um, somewhere on Facebook <laughs> posted a picture of this uh, 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 very uh, nicely shaped young woman going down on Ronald McDonald. So I put that on our page. Oh, that was very funny. <laughs> it was just so wrong and so funny because the, the Ronald McDonald statue's expression is perfect. Yes. <laughs> and so let's see who, um, uh, Daniel Kimble, Kimble, oh. shout out to him. He, he liked it at least. Well, uh, why wouldn't you? <laughs> why, why couldn't you? A uh, shout out to Lori. Lori, of course. Hey, Jeff. Yep. Who and, always retweets our tweets. Yeah. And absinthe.com, uh, actually, uh, graced our presence out here. So, oh. and wow. What'd they say? Was it a cease and desist letter? No, it was a thumbs up on something we posted. Oh. I, I posted a picture of George De, that George Takai had posted. George yes. Takai is posting the greatest pictures. Uh, of course, he's not taking them. He's just grabbing them. And in fact, I heard from someone that he's not actually doing it. He's hired someone to do his Facebook stuff. But I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's just too funny. It's too personal. So anyway, he posted a picture of someone who had a spray painted spread anarchy on a wall. And then someone else had, had crossed it out with uh, another color spray paint and then wrote underneath, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Which is brilliant. <laughs> you know, so shout out to George the guy. Thank you, George. To K. To K. To K. To K. Shout out to Sulu. I think it's Decay. In fact, I'm almost positive. Um, yeah, shout out to Brian Fairley. Yes, my good friend Brian Fairley. And that's that's all I really got at this point, because I think it, after that... Uh, oh, and Alan? Hey, Alan, thank you for uh, commenting. Always appreciate him stopping by. Yeah, one of these days we're going to go to uh, London and meet the guy. Yeah, I think so. Or if he's ever out here, uh, stop by and uh, he can buy us dinner. <laughs> yeah, I just throw that out there. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Uh, do you have any shout outs or anything? I got nothing. Uh, You've shouted out to everybody that I would have shouted to. So, oh, okay. um, well, let, let, uh, I will. I will just say, uh, ditto what Jerry said. Okay. Would Would it be just too horish of me to plug my book? No. Good God. This is a This is a platform to do it in. If I had a book, I'd be I'd be plugging it. Well, I've got three books out there, but I think one of them is actually better than the other two. And it's called 11 Days on Earth. And you can find that on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. The Barnes & Noble version will work on both their Nook and the Apple iBook. And it is not copy protected. So uh, you can copy it around. You can give it to your friends. It doesn't matter. Wow. So, uh yeah, but unfortunately, there's no paper version yet, so you have to have an e-reader. So when you get that Kindle or that Nook or that iPad or whatever on Christmas, 
buy my book. <laughs> it's only Very. 99 and uh, it's got good ratings. People seem to really like it. And so it will encourage me to keep writing. Hey, Jerry here in the year 2020. I have several books out now and they are also available on paper. Yeah, there's dead tree versions of all the books. And uh, go check them out. And I'm doing it. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, buy his books, for God's sakes. He's got them out there. Uh, they're not expensive, and it's a good read. Well, at least at least two of them are inexpensive. The one that the big publisher has is outrageous. Well, you'll probably find on that. And also, I noticed um, someone out there, and I, I forgot his name, but uh, here's kind of a, impart- a, um, a shout-out to him, whoever he was. Uh, left two really good reviews on on my two um, uh, newer books, and then left a very mediocre one on the old one from the publisher. And I have to agree with him. That one out there that's more expensive than the other two, it's not that great. I read I wrote that back in 1984, mm-hmm. and and it took me until 2001 to finally get it published. And when I got it published, um. I had gone over it so many times trying to make it as marketable as I could that I think I wrote the the edge out of it. You know what I mean? Sure. And I think it's less of a book because of that. So, Well, there you go. So that's uh, the review from the author. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a mediocre old book. There's but... some fun stuff in it, but... Uh, but much like reading Stephen King's early work, I would suggest you uh, uh, definitely uh, try it out. Oh, wait till it's on sale, and that, uh, or, or find it used at a used bookstore. Oh my God! Dude, like, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Uh, it, uh, I don't see any money from the damn thing. Well, Doesn't right. matter to me. They keep right, go all. go on eBay. You might find one on eBay. There there are some on eBay, but it's outrageous. Go to Half Price Books and see if you can find it there. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any copies of your book? I've got uh, like four or five copies left. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought I you'd like have while, more of them. Every once in a while, I come across someone who actually really wants it, and I sign a copy and give it to them. Did I ever get a signed copy? I don't know. Do you? I, I thought I might have. I can't well, if remember. you don't, I'll sign a copy and send it to you. Would you? Yeah, of course I would. Okay, I would love a signed copy. But it's, it's not as good as the other two. <laughs> uh, but I don't care. You can sign sign a CD and say your book's on there, and I'd be happy. Okay. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, I think then, we've used up enough of our listeners. I think talk. we've burned up enough of these people's bandwidth for yeah. one week. Well, tune in uh, next Tuesday uh, before Thanksgiving for our special Thanksgiving show, which will be just like every other show. Yeah, except that we'll be talking about Thanksgiving. And, and of less, course, you'll hear it three weeks after Thanksgiving, so to you it'll be Christmas. Boy, that's true. <laughs> Time ain't ain't that the truth. And, and um, oh, actually, I, I, I'm sorry I'm delaying this, but I have a question for anybody out there who's really into physics. Let me let me get to it here. Wow. I, get a, I actually posed it on my mojowriter.com writing page. And so... In physics, there's um, the speed of light, right? Okay. And what what they've kind of come to a conclusion is it's not really the fact that there's a speed limit per se. It's 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 almost like there's a speed limit for information. There's no way for information itself. There's no way to know something any faster than than the speed of light. So right. if if it takes it, 
it can't get to you faster than the speed of light. So, so we have this way of uh, entangling atoms together, and there's there's actually a possibility, even though it's kind of slight right now. But it's, there's if we want to see faster than light travel actually happen, right? It's most likely going to be teleportation. Oddly enough, the Star Trek teleporters are more feasible than faster than light starships. They really are because they're actually making, they're they're teleporting things in the lab right now. They're very small things, but they're sure. actually doing it. They're teleporting things. So my question is, if we ever get to the point where we can teleport something instantaneously from one point of the universe to another, right, and then teleport back, you would break the laws of physics because you would know something that happened like way way out there. And you would get that information before the speed of light could get it to you. So, like, uh, you know, it, if you teleport to Alpha Centauri, which is four light years away, am right. I boring everybody? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, just waiting for the uh, the clincher. <laughs> okay, the clincher is four four light years away. It takes four years for light to get here. It takes eight years for it to go there and back. Right? If we right. could send someone there instantaneously and then back again that would break the laws of physics because we would have information for something that came here instantaneously that should have taken eight years. Wow. So my question is, if you do teleport something, would it actually teleport it four years into the past? Because that way it wouldn't break the laws of physics. Well, that's so, a, that's a good question. I don't know. Always, yeah. So I'm I'm posing this to the, the 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 physics nerds out there who really understand quantum physics and stuff. Assuming we have any listening to us, because I'm not sure. You know, actually, no, really. If anybody out there is drinking absinthe, it's probably a physicist. That's probably true. <laughs> probably. So here's to you, physicists. <laughs> physicists. So yeah. So uh, slow right death in. for you. <laughs> Tell us, tell us about the teleportation thing. Yeah, if you know it. And if I just boggled your mind and turned it into rice pudding, tell us that too. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so, uh, yeah. So, since we're broadcasting into the future, uh, possibly something's being teleported into the past as we speak. Yeah, really. Maybe we'll get an answer from the future. Wait, no. We, we might. It might be from the FCC, but <laughs> what I'm thinking. Cease and desist. No kidding. Uh, okay. Well, Jerry, once again... Um, a pleasure. Should I cut that last part out? Is it too boring? I don't know. Listen to it. See what you think. Okay. Well, it's going to be fascinating to me because don't, uh, don't cut it out just because you think it might be boring. I mean, because, uh, if it, if it flows and, uh, keep it in. Okay. Well, uh, I'll I'll apologize to everybody who fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could add some sound effects in there if you think. I've got some really cool music I've got lined up for this one. So. Well, excellent, my friend. So let's plan for um, next Tuesday. All right. Next Tuesday it is. Take care, my friend. Have a great evening. And tell your daughter I said hello, even though she really doesn't know who I am. Okay. She's, <laughs> she's hiding right now. Uh, well, that's okay. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. See, see ya. Eh. Mm.